the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Actually, I think a lot of Americans would love to hear those words right now, Mr. Reagan. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, in Oregon on 91.7 KYAQ on the Central Coast 106.7 Queso in Cottage Grove, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 92.9 WLRI, in Maui, Hawaii on 88.5 KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1. In Palinville, New York on 102.9 WLPP. In Grand Rapids, Michigan on WPRR. In New Orleans on 102.3 WHIV. Washington, D.C.'s 105.5 FM. And Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM 950 KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com. Oh, hello, Nicole. We'll talk to her in a moment. Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Revolution 99, Deprogrammed Radio, Detour Talk, and Radio Sputnik. Blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today on uh, yet another difficult day, in uh, not just on the uh, broadcast, but here in these United States, with two, two monster hurricanes in the Atlantic, another uh, in the Gulf striking Mexico, Houston still fighting unprecedented flood damage and disaster after Harvey, A magnitude 8 earthquake struck off the coast of Mexico late on Thursday night, leading to still unknown damage uh, as of now with at least 50 killed. Dennis Mercero, uh, a weather guy uh, over on the Twitters, uh, said uh, late on Thursday night, all that's missing is the locusts. Oh, ow. That's about where we are. Uh, our friend Bob Kincaid from West Virginia uh, tweeted, Monsoon in Asia, which we haven't even talked about, Des. We talked Except about a little bit on the news, Green News Report. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Monsoon in Asia, which killed thousands. Um, he says, Monsoon in Asia, four hurricanes in two weeks, 8.0 quake, tsunami, wildfires. Damned if it doesn't seem a might apocalyptic out there. Well, he, he's got that right. Uh, it sure does. And we're going to talk about uh, that apocalypse in a second and head down to South Florida, as I said, for an update with our friend Nicole Sandler, who is uh, stuck in the uh, in the eye of the storm. Well, the bullseye of the storm at this point, like millions of Floridians today. But the mountain of denial that has gotten us to this place. 
not only when it comes to climate, but just about everything else in our country, where our, our nation has become the victim of cynical liars and propagandists and corporate profiteers hoping to make a buck in any way possible, no matter how many lives that it costs. Uh, you know, there's still one way that Americans can change that equation if they want to. And that, of course, is at the voting booth. But, of course, as longtime listeners to the Bradcast and readers of uh, Bradblog.com know, that option is similarly under attack by the same liars and charlatans uh, who have been uh, lying to us and uh, propagandizing us for so long. Uh, we have another example, a fresh example or two of that today in a bit about how those liars and charlatans are succeeding in playing American voters, uh, at least some of them, for the for gullible chumps and suckers. Speaking of which, real Donald Trump on the Twitters on Friday morning after this is Friday morning after Irma had wiped out the Hurricane Irma had wiped out the Caribbean. Uh, one of the largest, I think the largest uh, storm that we've ever uh, seen in the Atlantic. Is yes, it, is it not? The, it is now the strongest storm ever recorded out in the, in the Atlantic. Yes. So it, it wipes out uh, uh, islands in the Caribbean, including a number of U.S. territories. Uh, the worst storm to ever threaten the U.S. Uh, from the Atlantic, uh, about to slam into the entire state of Florida. All of this just two weeks after the previous most damaging, most expensive storm, uh, at least in dollars, uh, slammed Houston, Hurricane Harvey. Uh, Donald Trump takes to the Twitter and uh, says, Republicans must start the tax reform, tax cut legislation, ASAP, don't wait until the end of September, needed now more than ever, hurry, <sighs> says the President of the United States. Got his finger on the pulse of America, doesn't he? Wow. Actually, I think he may more than you actually mean, unfortunately. Yeah, as far uh, as the voters and the, the people that are his base that have uh, driven us partly to this place. Matt Pierce of the L.A. Times uh, responded to Donald Trump, said, hey, dumb question from a layman here. But why are we hyping tax cuts while while staring down a pair of gazillion dollar disasters? Yeah, that's kind of a good question, isn't it? And that's why I've been, you know, for the last uh, couple of weeks now since Harvey uh, hit in Texas and now Irma and everything else, I keep thinking of what I, I, I think remains the greatest and most damaging lie uh, and piece of propaganda that has ever been sold to our nation. And that's saying quite a bit. And uh, but it comes from uh, that uh, that revered Republican, uh, St. Ronaldus Maximus, I think, as Rush Limbaugh still refers to him. Uh, that just is so damaging piece of lie. It's only about 11 seconds, uh, but it echoes through the decades from President uh, Ronald Reagan. I think you all know that I've always felt the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Ha, ha, ha. Isn't that hilarious? The government sucks. The government is terrible. Anything the government wants to do to help its citizens is absolutely terrifying. And, of course, that, that, that commentary uh, from Reagan, 
that uh, lie, that hoax, that uh, propaganda campaign propaganda, yeah, from from Reagan uh, continues has has reverberated ever since. As we have made government smaller and smaller and smaller, and claimed that oh, it can't, uh, you know, anything the government does uh, to to help is just not needed. Well, you know. Uh, Democratic U.S. Senator Bill Nelson of, uh, of Florida said that the state was far more prepared now than when it was hit by the devastating Hurricane Andrew back in 1992. Uh, he also noted that local, state and federal authorities appear more coordinated after learning the lessons of uh, Hurricane Katrina Back in 2005 in New Orleans, he uh, uh, Senator Nelson said, I think Florida is prepared, but when you get 155-plus mile-per-hour winds, nobody is going to be prepared for that kind of destruction. And he's absolutely right. But when you want, when you need the government to be prepared, when you need the government to save the lives of millions of Americans, when you need the government to help rebuild the lives of millions of Americans after disasters like this, no, I don't think uh, I'm from the government and I'm here to help is particularly terrifying. It might be quite welcome. In fact, on uh, Friday, the uh, Hurricane Irma was predicted to devastate parts of the U.S. and officials were are preparing a just massive response. Hopefully, hopefully. That's uh, the head of FEMA, at least, uh, claims uh, they're uh, preparing massive responses. Though that preparation comes amid deep cuts to disaster funding over the years, slashes to scientific agencies and programs, Uh, by the Trump administration in just the past few months, programs that are meant to help um, survive and avoid these types of disasters. Hurricane Irma, now the strongest storm ever uh, recorded in the Pacific, uh, has, uh, I'm sorry, the Atlantic, uh, has Hurricane uh, Jose right behind it. Now, uh, what is it up to, Des? Hurricane three or four? Jose is a four now. So we've got two Category 4 storms churning, uh, threatening uh, untold millions, really. Uh, Following uh, Jose is following a similar path. It looks like it's going to turn north and not hit Florida. We can only hope. But it's uh, heading for the Caribbean, uh, these islands that have been devastated by Irma. Yeah, this is this is another record broken, by the way, for the first time two Atlantic hurricanes currently with winds over 150 miles per hour, Irma and Jose. That that has not happened on record before at the same time. And of course, all of that, as I said, just after uh, Hurricane Harvey struck Texas, claiming around uh, 60 lives, causing property damage estimated to be as much as uh, two billion dollars in Texas and Louisiana. Which all, in turn, reminded me of what David Roberts of Vox.com said on this program just uh, just a bit over a week ago, before there was no Irma, before there was no Jose. But as uh, Harvey was uh, uh, striking in Houston, here's uh, David Roberts. You know, we experience these disasters as sort of, as sort of uh, you know, as anomalous, extraordinary events so it sort of happens we all gather we watch it we clean up afterwards we rebuild and then we go on with our lives and a few years passes and then another one comes along so we sort of experience them as isolated what's going to happen when these kinds of crises are striking different regions of the country regularly mm. or every year or mm. multiple cities at once yeah. you know mm. what if you're having a horrible drought 
in Atlanta, at the same time the Gulf Coast is getting hit by some giant storm. Climate exacerbates all this, makes these disasters worse. I wonder how our capacity for empathy is going to keep up. Are we as Americans really going to rally behind and support every community that runs into a disaster like this? Because it's just going to happen more and more often. And one of my things I've always worried most about is I, I don't think we're going to be able to maintain our capacity mm. <laughs> for, for empathy on, yeah. the, on, that, on that scale. We're just going to become numb to it. You know, we can barely mm-hmm. get our empathy to our neighbors. Mm-hmm. And what climate demands is that we extend it to everyone across the globe. And that's, to me, just kind of the heart of the challenge. Yeah, well, that was uh, David Roberts, uh, climate and energy and politics writer from Vox.com on this show just over a week ago saying, you know, what's going to happen as these uh, these storms, uh, these uh, droughts, these disasters, these wildfires are getting worse and worse and happening all at the same time. And that was only when Harvey was uh, striking. And now look, look where we are today. So we seem to be facing that very challenge that he was talking about, that he was worrying about uh, a week or so ago. Uh, Facing that now, not in a few years. And yet, over our public airwaves that we subsidize, we still have jackasses like Rush Limbaugh telling uh, tens of millions of gullible American chumps and suckers that, oh, there's nothing to worry about. It's just all overblown. It's just all people trying to make money. It's the media trying to hope. It's liberals trying to tell you that uh, uh, climate change is coming for us all. Well, on Tuesday afternoon, as uh, David Roberts at Vox.com pointed out, as Southern Floridians nervously watched Hurricane Irma become a Category 5 monster, they received an odd message from the popular right-wing radio host Rush Limbaugh. The hurricane forecasts are not to be trusted, he was essentially telling his millions of listeners. In official meteorological circles, said Rush, they believe that Al Gore is correct about climate change. They desire to advance his climate change agenda, he warned, and hurricanes are one of the fastest and best ways to do it. So these meteorologists, Limbaugh argued, created needless fear and panic. What's more, he writes, local TV stations... Uh, are hyping the hurricane to drum up bottled water water sales for local businesses. Rush argued, seriously, for Limbaugh, the hurricane conspiracy goes very deep to sell bottled water, I guess, because, you know, a lot of money in that. If you can put aside how irresponsible it is to send that kind of a message to a group of people in real and serious danger, says David, it's almost funny. Well, I don't know if it's that funny today. He writes, this is what conservative climate denial has now come to. Even with one climate amplified hurricane barely in the rearview mirror, another barreling down and much of the western half of the country on fire. The only reaction someone like Limbaugh can imagine is to double down. He would rather deny an oncoming hurricane than accept climate change. Well, Rush Limbaugh is not denying the hurricane today, at least not anymore. 
According to The Hill, Rush Limbaugh will be evacuating his home in Palm Beach, Florida, just days after stating that creating a panic around hurricanes helps advance a climate agenda. May as well announce this, he said. I'm not going to go into details because of the security nature of things, but it turns out that we will not be able to do the program here tomorrow, Limbaugh said on that nationally syndicated show of his on Thursday. Controversy swirled around Limbaugh throughout the week, the Hill notes, after uh, his initial comments saying that uh, he believes hurricanes are often hyped to help increase ratings on the media side while driving sales for retailers who offer storm supplies. After heavy criticism from uh, about that from the Washington Post and NBC meteorologist Al Roker, among others, Limbaugh devoted a whole bunch of time on his radio show to insist that he had said Hurricane Irma was dire and mammoth. Limbaugh also said it would be legally impossible to do his program on Friday which CNN security analyst Juliet Kayams uh, noted means that his area of Palm Beach County is most likely under mandatory evacuation. Well, knowing Rush Limbaugh and uh, how hard it is to evacuate Florida uh, these days, the entirety of which is uh, being slammed by Irma, Limbaugh was probably able to get a helicopter and and get the hell out of there. Lucky him. Less lucky radio hosts, however, from South Florida who can't necessarily afford a helicopter to airlift them out may have to deal with the effects of Limbaugh's years of climate denials. One of those uh, less lucky radio hosts joins us right now, our old friend Nicole Sandler of The Nicole Sandler Show. She is still in South Florida for some crazy reason at this moment. Hey, Nicole, welcome back to the broadcast. Hey, Brad. So, (laughs) yeah. The crazy reason is we can't get out. Well, that's what I was going to say. What the hell are you still doing in South Florida? You're very close. Well, you're uh, just sort of north of Miami. Well, I'm I'm in northwestern Broward County, uh-huh. so I'm I'm on the sort of the northwestern corner of Broward County. So, um, not uh, I, I'm I'm you know I'm about eighty miles from Miami. You so you say you couldn't get out. What do you mean? Why couldn't you get out? Well, you know we, we've been watching the different tracks mm-hmm. and trying to figure out which way it was going. Um, we couldn't get a flight. By the time we got it together to try to fly out, everything was sold out. You heard JetBlue was offering $99 fares out of Florida. They were, by the time we got to the computer to check, they were all sold out. Mm. Not just the $99 fares, everything. Um, it, so we tried that. Then we looked to see where we could get a hotel, like if we'd gotten a car and drove. Mm-hmm. Hotels are booked up. Um, when it looked like the storm was tracking to the east, we reserved a room in Tampa, thinking, all right, the west coast of Florida will be uh, hit, you know, affected less. Mm-hmm. We reserved a room in Tampa. We were going to drive up leaving this morning. Um, every the, the latest tracks, everything shifted west. So Tampa doesn't make sense anymore. And we are not in an evacuation zone, um, although the entire state is under hurricane warning. Mm-hmm. So... Um, the, the only thing to do is stay here and hunker down. And I suspect you're uh, you're you're not alone in that. Uh, a lot of people who uh, who were trying to get out, I guess, are facing uh, gas shortages. I mean, it's a 
that's a big state. Uh, and the way this uh, storm is tracking, I mean, I don't know how far you would have to drive at this point to, to get away from it, uh, even if you Very could find gas. Yeah. With, without, you know, hurricane traffic, it's, it's about 11 hours to get out of the state. So, and, and there's just one direction to go north, and there's like three highways. Um, the reports are it's bumper to bumper. My biggest fear is we'd get on the road and start going, run out of gas, be unable to get gas, mm-hmm. and be stuck on the road when the storm hits. That's exactly what we saw a few years ago uh, in, in Houston, where people were trying to evacuate and, and got stuck on the road in that traffic, ran out of gas during Hurricane Rita. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> I, as I say, I suspect you're not alone. Have you been out and about in, in the community? Is it a ghost town right now? Or are there a whole bunch of other folks like you hunkering down right now? There are a lot of people hunkering down. We have neighbors across the street who were, I'll say, smarter than we were. They got out yesterday morning. They drove to New Orleans. They arrived early this afternoon. Um, uh, but the neighbors on both sides of us and across the street are all here. A lot of people are we have hurricane impact glass on our windows, allegedly. Mm-hmm. So we don't have shutters. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know, we we have the spot in the house in the middle of the house with no windows, where we'll be uh, probably the three of us, my daughter, my husband, and myself, and our dog Jackson, <laughs> will be hanging out and uh, hopefully staying safe. Uh, okay. Have you uh, been to the grocery? Is there anything uh, left at the grocery stores at this point? Yeah, there are a few things. Uh, David just took another run out. Although we're, you know, we're pretty good. Although we know we're going to lose power because yeah. that happens here. You know, we get a little rain and the power goes out. Um, the, the question is how long we'll be without power. Mm. So, uh, when you hear you, yeah, it, and and I wonder when you hear your uh, uh, your fellow Floridian, Rush Limbaugh downplaying a storm like this uh, that, you know, apparently he's able to get out of without a problem, Nicole. Uh, mm-hmm. where, where's your helicopter? Uh, yeah. w- w- what goes through your head when you hear uh, him uh, doing that? I'm sure you you, you heard uh, about that at least over the past few days, what he was doing. What what goes yep. in your through your head that, you, that at least can be said in response here on okay. FCC Radio? I, I was just going to say, I can't. I can <laughs> On my show, I can't say it on your show. Right, you can't say it on my show. So, uh, what's the uh, PG version of your thoughts there? Yeah, he's a despicable human being. Well, that's straight to the point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nicole, uh, wishing you uh, you and the family, uh, David and Allison and, and Jackson, uh, safety over the, uh, over the next few days. And as uh, everybody tries to recover from this disaster and whatever disaster comes next. I uh, hope you don't mind if we check in with you on the other side of this thing, but uh, just want to send you our best and uh, b- w- wish all of you guys uh, luck there. Thanks so much. You know, call anytime, Brad. All right. Oh, all, right. Here. all right. Well, we'll call, and I hope the power holds out, and I hope you're back on the air soon. Nicole Sandler, host of, of the Nicole Sandler Show, uh, heard most weekdays, at least when she's not in the middle of a hurricane or cleaning up from one, at NicoleSandler.com, uh, and you can uh, follow her exploits and uh, adventures during this uh, fine mess on the Twitters at Nicole Sandler. Thanks, Nikki. Thanks, Brad. Oi, what a mess.
Uh, you know, and it, it, that Rush Limbaugh, you know, it's not uh, Desi Doyen that it's not just that he's a liar or a despicable human being because he is. We know yes. that. No news flash <laughs> there. But he's using our public airwaves to misinform, to disinform Americans. He's been doing that for years, decades now. In fact, and, and, and some are only now just beginning to see how deadly that uh, government-subsidized disinformation, because that's what it is over our public yeah. airwaves, uh, they're beginning to understand how, how deadly that is. At least I hope they are. Uh, but too many people still don't understand it. Too many Democrats are afraid to call it out. Or to do any, God forbid, they should do anything about it. And that, you know, that he's claiming that this is some corporate media conspiracy. Well, that's rich, uh, given that that's why and how he exists at all in our media, media ecosystem here. Yeah, and, and don't forget that the corporate media also plays a major role in this, having all these years given climate science deniers equal time, as if they have an equal basis to deny the actual climate science because the the sad and difficult truth the very inconvenient truth if you will is that by denying the links and the impacts of climate change it's really going to worsen future suffering well you know what uh they not only have the climate deniers gotten equal time they've gotten way way more time if it was only equal time i'd be okay with it but rush limbaugh uh, and his ilk, turn on the radio anywhere in this country, you will hear not just Rush Limbaugh, but, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 other hosts just like him giving the same BS over our public airwaves, denying, lying to people about what's going on. So I wish the climate deniers only had equal time. That would be swell. In any event, let's hope that uh, millions in Florida who might have been able to get out before the storm didn't stay there uh, because they heard you know, Limbaugh downplaying it, downplaying the continuing climate crisis that, yes, is getting worse and worse. And no, it is not hype. Uh, you know, just as actual scientists who were not, who are not lying about climate change have been trying to warn for so long, along with you, Desi yes. Doyen. All right. uh, The only way to ever reverse any of this, frankly, still begins at the ballot box, at least in my opinion. But of course, there, too, the battle against propagandists and liars hoping to undermine democracy with their lies and propaganda. That continues. And we've got another example or two of that today, unfortunately, uh, which is also, by the way, being subsidized uh, by the government, by the White House itself in this case, which means that, yes, you, the taxpayer, are paying to have your government lie to you and take away your rights while lying about it. That story and more is ahead on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth, and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the broadcast. But we need your help to do it. If you enjoy the show and or get something from it, please give back a bit, if you can, by visiting us at bradblog.com donate. Your support helps Desi and me continue to bring you real, independent, progressive news five days a week over your public airwaves. 
We simply can't do it without your help, and that help is needed more now than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate today to make a one-time donation or, even better, automated monthly support. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you can rest easy knowing that we'll be here every day making sense of it all, or at least trying to. That's bradblog.com donate, and thanks. Welcome back. This is your Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Uh, I reported recently on the show on the on the court status hearing in the lawsuit against Donald Trump's so-called Election Integrity Commission being headed up by the Kansas Secretary of State, Chris Kobach, and the fact that commission members were discovered to have been using, wait for it, private email addresses for the public business of running the commission. Oh, man. Uh, it, this, of course, is in violation of the Presidential Records Act. It's actually a violation of law, and it's almost an exact echo of what Trump and Republicans were claiming was the reason to lock up Hillary Clinton. Uh, but here you actually have a violation of, of law as uh, has been revealed in this uh, court case trying to uh, stop this uh, Donald Trump Election Integrity Commission from doing what it is trying to do. Well, uh, Kobach, who heads that commission, we've been reporting on him for many years. Uh, he is, of course, the latest wonderkind of GOP voter fraud fraudsters. Uh, and uh, you recall he agreed as essentially with Trump's claim that there were three to five million non-citizens who may have voted in the 2016 election. Of course, there's no evidence for that. Uh, he in Kansas has been forcing photo ID restrictions, proof of citizenship restrictions on voters in Kansas. He has been suppressing voters in Kansas essentially for years. Uh, but now uh, a, a new article, this is from uh, AP. Actually, it's not new. It's about a week or so old. I've been trying to get to it. But uh, more evidence that Chris Kobach has been suppressing even more votes than uh, we knew of before now. Chris Kobach uh, from AP uh, says uh, Kobach promoting Donald Trump's unsubstantiated claims of widespread voter fraud oversees a Kansas election system that threw out at least three times as many ballots as any similarly sized state did last year, fueling concerns about massive voter suppression should its practices, should the practices in Kansas become the national standard, as Kobach has been uh, pushing for. Only six states, all among the top 10 in population, discarded more votes during the 2016 election than did Kansas, the 33rd largest state in the union, according to data collected by the uh, U.S. Elections Assistance Commission. That's the federal agency that certifies voting systems on the uh, on the national level, or at least is supposed to. Kansas is 13,717 rejected ballots, even topped even topped Florida. Florida rejected 13,461 despite the fact that Florida is about seven times as large, has about seven times as many residents as does Kansas. And yet Kansas rejected more ballots under Chris Kobach than Florida did. Than Florida did. Critics of Kansas's election system argue its unusually high number of discarded ballots reflects policies that have been shaped over several elections, resulting in many 
legitimate voters being kept off voter rolls in an effort to crack down on uh, a few illegitimate ones. Kansas Secretary of State Kobach is chairman, co-chair of the uh, Trump's Presidential Advisory Commission on Election Integrity. And he is the architect of strict election policies requiring voter ID and proof of citizenship and has suggested that Kansas's rules could become a national panacea for the pretend problem of massive voter fraud, which uh, Trump, without providing proof, AP notes, blames for Hillary Clinton's popular vote victory. Kansas election director Brian Kasky argues it's difficult to compare states because they, all the election laws differ. He says that Kansas officials are actually more aggressive than other states at getting ballots into the hands of would-be voters. He says they, you know, they're very aggressive. If somebody walks in, they're not on the rolls for some reason. They're not signed up at that precinct to vote. They're very aggressive about giving them provisional ballots to but vote on, and that's law. why. Exactly. Uh, as, they better be. Yeah, that's the I law. know. <laughs> As AP goes on to note in the next paragraph, Desi, do you work for AP? <laughs> Under federal law, states are required to hand out provisional ballots to anyone who shows up at a polling place but is not listed on the voter rolls, begging the question of why all of these people, if you believe the state of Kansas, why all of these people are showing up at the precincts but for some reason are not on those rolls. Uh, Jason Kander, the former Democratic Secretary of State in neighboring Missouri, says it is not at all true that poll workers in Kansas hand out provisional ballots to voters uh, who, ha who, who would have been turned away in other states. That's just not true. Missouri discarded just over 3,800 ballots in November. That's about a quarter of Kansas's total. Right next door, very similar in, uh, in size, population, and so forth. Uh, and yet Kansas uh, tossed out many thousands of more votes than did Missouri. Kansas gave out 40,800 provisional ballots compared to just 5,500 in Missouri. Uh, because I guess Missouri has not been uh, peeling people off of the rolls at the same rate as uh, as Kansas, or they're making it easier for people to actually register to vote. They're not requiring citizenship papers and all of the other things that Kansas is now trying to do. Kander's uh, 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 aide uh, said that uh, Secretary Kobach uses every trick that he can to make it as hard as possible for eligible voters to cast a ballot, whether it's unconstitutional legislation, targeting immigrants, or forcing more eligible voters to use provisional ballots. Uh, actually, that was Kander, not his aide. Uh, he said he's on a crusade to stop people from voting, and now the president of the United States has given him a bigger platform to do so. Uh, the uh, Kansas uh, policy on out-of-county voting is much stricter than uh, rules in other states, and that is by far where the largest chunk of the state's rejected ballots came from, about 10,000, due to uh, other polling site issues such as voters who were not registered in the state or who tried to cast a ballot at a precinct that was not their proper jurisdiction. Uh, 15 states plus the District of Columbia also allow people to register and cast a ballot on the same day, according to National 
the National Conference of State Legislatures. Kansas does not allow that to happen. So, you know, states like California and Ohio, they hand out provisional ballots. uh, And if the voter uh, explains that, oh, it's because I've moved, that's why I'm not registered here, then they allow them to re-register right then and there. And then they count, uh, they update their voter addresses, and then they count the full verified ballot. Kobach does not do that. They just end up throwing out those ballots, apparently. Kobach had derailed a bill during the last legislative session that would have instituted same-day registration in the state of Kansas. He's against same-day registration, and uh, he would like to stop that everywhere, everywhere across the country, frankly. So that is, and I've got an example of that here in a, mom- in a moment, but that is the guy. That is the guy, Chris Kobach who tossed out thousands of more ballots than uh, other states. He's the guy who's now in charge of Trump's election integrity, really, voter suppression commission. Uh, He wants to force Kansas's suppressive voter restrictions on the entire nation, if it's up to him. Meantime, neither he uh, nor really any top-level Republicans uh, seem very much concerned about that. They don't seem much concerned about the voter suppression In fact, they're pushing this voter suppression or the ability for citizens to oversee the results of their own elections when it comes to, you know, voting systems, electronic voting systems and computerized tabulators and so forth. So to be fair, Democrats uh, themselves don't seem to give much of a damn about that uh, either when it comes to our voting systems and, and the ability of the public to oversee them. But as far as same day voting goes, Chris Kobach uh, also writes for this far-right-wing outlet known as Breitbart. He's actually a paid columnist there, which uh, ethics uh, experts have said is actually a violation of law. He's getting paid to be a columnist at this media outlet, this media outlet that supports Donald Trump, Donald Trump that has hired Chris Kobach to run his voting commission, his voter fraud commission, all the while while he's also being paid, by the way, by the uh, good taxpayers of Kansas for uh, being secretary of state and for disqualifying their votes. So in his uh, latest column at Breitbart on uh, Thursday night, exclusive (laughs) at Breitbart. (laughs) Kobach says it appears that out-of-state voters changed the outcome of the New Hampshire U.S. Senate race. What? They finally caught these bastards. They've caught these Democrats stealing elections up in New Hampshire. Kobach writes, for years, the mainstream media has ignored the problem of voter fraud and belittled those of us who are trying to do something about it. And when secretaries of state like me Identify cases of fraud. We're told that the number of incidents of voter fraud is too insignificant to matter. Now, however, Kobach writes, facts have come to light that indicate that a pivotal close election was likely changed through voter fraud on November 8, 2016. That would be New Hampshire's U.S. Senate seat and perhaps also New Hampshire's four electoral college votes in the presidential election. Wow. New evidence. He says New Hampshire is one of 15 states that allows same-day voter registration. He says it's also a battleground state. It has long been reported there that anecdotally that out-of-staters take advantage of New Hampshire's same-day registration uh, to head to the Granite State from places like Massachusetts and Vermont to cast fraudulent votes. Uh, Kobach writes, now there's proof 
proof that that's what they do. According to statistics released by the Speaker of the New Hampshire House of Representatives on the date of the general election in November of 2016, there were were roughly 6,500 same-day registrants who registered to vote in New Hampshire using an out-of-state driver's license to prove their identity. In and of itself, he notes, that doesn't prove that fraud occurred. Theoretically, each of those individuals could have been someone who recently moved to the state and had not yet had time to get a New Hampshire driver's license. Because, he notes, according to New Hampshire law, a new resident has 60 days to obtain a New Hampshire driver's license. So, he says, if those uh, 6,540 voters were bona fide New Hampshire residents, they would get their driver's license No later than uh, January of 2017. However, the numbers tell a very different story, he says. It turns out that as of August 30, 2017, nearly 10 months after the election, only about 1,000 of those 6,500 same-day registrants who registered with an out-of-state license had actually obtained a New Hampshire driver's license. The other 5,500 individuals never obtained one. So he says, uh, so 5,300 of those voters neither obtained a New Hampshire driver's license nor did they register a vehicle in New Hampshire. He says that is a big number, more than enough to swing two very important elections. The uh, the very close race between and it was between Republican U.S. Senator Kelly Ayotte and challenger Maggie Hassan. Republican uh, Senator uh, Ayotte lost that race by just about 1,000 votes. So these 5,500 votes from out-of-state residents, uh, from I should say from out-of-state voters who signed up on Election Day, that could have flipped it. He says those 5,300 fraudulent votes, now you realize he's calling them fraudulent votes. Yeah, that was a quick flip. Wasn't it? He said before, you know, in and of himself, it doesn't prove fraud. Now he's saying those 5,300 fraudulent votes were more than enough to swing the election. If 59% or more of them went to uh, the Democrat, then the election was stolen through voter fraud. He says that's likely since the surrounding states are Democratic strongholds. He says it's also possible that New Hampshire's four electoral college votes were swung to Hillary Clinton through illegal voting by these non-residents. Clinton won New Hampshire by just uh, 2,700 votes. If the presidential contest had been closer and come down to a margin of three or four electoral college votes, then this voter fraud, now it's just voter fraud. No more likely, it's just straight out. This voter fraud, that's right. mid-column. Might have had uh, extraordinary consequences. Uh, Regardless, in the Senate contest, it is highly likely that voting by non-residents changed the results. So there you go. He has busted. You Democrats uh, going sneaking into New Hampshire every year to vote, claiming you're uh, bona fide New Hampshire residents or whatever it is he says. Uh, Apparently, uh, you're now caught. You're now busted. Five thousand of you. Well, let's start arresting people. New Hampshire Public Radio responding to Koba again. Remember. If he was just some wingnut that we could ignore, I would ignore him. But not only is he the secretary of state and keeping people from voting, but he is also trying to use those same schemes to keep everybody from voting as the head of Donald Trump's 
Voter Suppression Commission. And using your tax dollars to, to do, do it. it. Yeah, that's right. All right, so New Hampshire Public Radio responded to uh, Bright uh, to Kobach's latest nonsense, uh, latest column, by saying a newly released report from the New Hampshire Secretary of State and Department of Safety says a majority of people who used out-of-state IDs to register in last November's elections haven't registered vehicles in New Hampshire or got the in-state driver's licenses in the months since. While this data alone doesn't provide proof of voter fraud, as NHPR, New Hampshire Public Radio, has noted before, it's quickly become fodder in an ongoing debate about New Hampshire's voting requirements. The number of voters, they write, in the data amounts to less than 1% of the overall electorate. So we're talking about a little tiny amount of voters. But, they note, given that uh, Democrats won these uh, two top races by these very thin margins for the U.S. Senate and uh, Hillary Clinton beating Donald Trump in the state. Republicans are quick to point out that that report is evidence of out-of-state voters illegitimately swaying the election. They cite uh, Kobach's column there and uh, his claim that a pivotal close election was likely changed through voter fraud. They asked uh, Bill Gardner, the New Hampshire Secretary of State, about uh, Kobach's claim, since Gardner is one of the few Democrats that has agreed to uh, work with Kobach on that uh, bogus voter fraud commission. Gardner, in an interview on Thursday evening, said he hadn't yet seen the, uh, the column, but when asked if he had any reason to doubt the legitimacy of last year's election uh, outcome, he said no. He said, that's why I want to get the facts out there. Uh, He uh, referred uh, to his participation in Trump's voting commission and said, uh, not just good facts. I want all the facts. (laughs) What does that mean? He's a terrible secretary of state, by the way. He's the longest serving secretary of state. He calls himself a Democrat. He's been serving as secretary of state for about 30 years. But uh, in fact, he has... uh, uh, been uh, actually approved in in New Hampshire. The uh, Secretary of State serves at the pleasure of the state legislature, and the Republican state legislature has for decades um, uh, re-upped Bill Gardner as Secretary of State. Uh, in any event, he has no doubt to uh, uh, about the results of last year's election. But New Hampshire Public Radio goes on to, we still have these questionable 5, 000, over 5,000 people who used an out-of-state ID to vote, to register to vote, and then they never got their driver's license, never got their registered a car. New Hampshire uh, Public Radio noted last February when uh, the first time these numbers actually came out that to register with an out-of-state license, you still have to prove that you hold domicile in the state. You have to use a utility bill or a lease, for example, or by signing an affidavit affirming you actually live where you are trying to vote. Kobach did not mention some of those details, that it's not just, you don't just show a, a, an out-of-state driver's license. You have to provide additional evidence that you're actually domiciled in the state, which is different from being a resident there. All right, they go on to report. Uh, that the report released Thursday doesn't say where the people who used these out-of-state IDs actually lived, and it didn't follow up with uh, in-state licenses or vehicle registrations. Um, It doesn't say where those people actually voted. But earlier this year, using data at the time from the Secretary of State's office, New Hampshire Public Radio found 
that uh, almost all of these out-of-state IDs were almost entirely used in areas surrounding college campuses. New Hampshire, uh, they allow out-of-state college students to vote in the state as long as they meet all of the other eligibility requirements. So uh, they found uh, back in February that other than those college towns, out-of-state IDs uh, are used sometimes across the state to register, but only in like double-digit, double or single-digit numbers in each of these towns where they are used. Almost all of these out-of-state numbers are people going to college who come from out of state and are going to college at Dartmouth and, you know, other uh, New Hampshire uh, colleges and universities where they may not have a car, where they may not have a car. Exactly. Or it may not be students... worth the trouble to go ahead and get your driver's exactly. license locally. Exactly. So if you look at where these numbers come are coming from, you see that they're pretty much all college students, the towns where they don't, where they're not big college uh, towns, there's maybe, you know, one half a dozen people who have signed up to, to vote on Election Day. Uh, New Hampshire Public Radio said this data doesn't uh, do anything to prove on its own that New Hampshire's elections are being infiltrated and influenced by out-of-state voters trying to game the results they had found this back in February, seven months ago, using pretty much the exact same data from the uh, Secretary of State's office in New Hampshire. But no, it is exclusive to Breitbart. Proof of voter fraud. Written by the actual guy who heads up Donald Trump's Election Integrity Commission. Uh, Zach Roth over at the Daily Democracy also notes that uh, since the 1970s, New Hampshire law has made a distinction between residents and people who are domiciled in the state. So to obtain a driver's license, you must uh, meet the definition of residency, which these 5,300 voters appear not to have done because guess what? They're not residents there. They're domiciled there as they're going to school there. And there's totally a difference and it's totally legal, just as a reminder, the Supreme Court has ruled that it is totally legal for a college student exactly. whose parents may live out of state, but who is domiciled in the place where they're going to college, has a right to accurate representation of their choice where they are going to college for years. Now, Backer, exactly right. And Kobach does not point that out. He does not point out this distinction. As a matter of fact, in New Hampshire, they have been trying to stop co people from co uh, college students from being able to vote in New Hampshire. They passed a law to that end back in 2011 saying that uh, people who wanted to sign up to vote were subject to the state's residency requirements. But the New Hampshire Supreme Court struck that down in 2014 affirming that the state can't require voters to be subject to the residency requirements that would govern driver's licenses and so forth. So uh, Zach, uh, Zach Roth adds it's not clear whether Kobach is aware of all of this or if he just doesn't care, but it's the latest piece of evidence that they will use any tool at hand, no matter how flawed, to try to further his campaign to make it uh, harder for people to vote. Bren, uh, and, and it's not just Breitbart. Fox News picked up on it and their headline, Out of State, uh, out-of-staters may have one New Hampshire for Clinton, data suggests. No, it doesn't suggest that at all. Brennan Center uh, for Justice responded to Kobach's nonsense, saying, Kobach discovers college students live in college towns. <laughs> 
Ari Berman of Mother Joke said uh, of Mother Jones said Kobach is lying about voter fraud in New Hampshire to attack same day registration, which increases turnout and to dissuade college students from voting. Kobach making e- easily debunked voter fraud lie in a paid Breitbart column, which ethics lawyers say is illegal, is the most Kobach thing ever, says Ari. <laughs> Finally, Dave Weigel at the Washington Post went out within about an hour or so. He was able to to find a number of these so-called voter fraud college students. Uh, he immediately found about three of these voter fraud criminals who had voted with these out-of-state IDs because they went to schools like Dartmouth. Despite living in their home states of New York or California or Massachusetts when they're not attending school. So, uh... Weigel notes, uh, nonetheless, Kobach and the commission will arrive in New Hampshire next week at St. Anselm College at an actual college to discuss, among other things, quote, election integrity issues affecting public confidence. Yes, that is part of the commission. They are going to go out and make this argument, which has held up uh, somewhat uh, at the Supreme Court, that we can make rules that uh, may prevent people from voting. Because if we don't, people may believe there's massive voter fraud going on out there. Even though these are the people who are actually pretending that there is making false claims about voter fraud out there. Create a fake problem and then use your laws to prevent people from voting because of your fake problem that you created. That is exactly what they are doing. They have been doing this for years and they are doing it even now, even today, even with all of the questions that are legitimate about what happened in last year's election. The ones that aren't legitimate, those are the ones that this uh, commission is pushing. And listen, I hate to drive you crazy about this stuff all the time, all of these years. But if we don't, then you know what we get? We get hurricanes destroying our country. Yes, these are all tied together because the right goes out there and they lie mercilessly. And the uh, people who are not the liars, uh, at least the, you know, the, the, the non-liars like myself, Uh, you know, need to be out there responding to each and every one. When I hear these Democratic officials saying, oh, we don't need to worry about Rush Limbaugh. We've got the Internet. People, uh, Democrats, listen to us on uh, on podcasts. No. Uh, Americans still listen to the public airwaves. Oh, we don't need to uh, worry about Fox News. Sure, we'll go ahead and appear on Fox News. Uh, they're They're just a conservative news outlet. No, they are fake news. Like Rush Limbaugh is fake news. Fox News is fake news. Breitbart is fake news. And we need to explain what it is and why uh, and and what these lies actually are. Because you know what? More people hear uh, Fox News and Breitbart and Rush Limbaugh easily than hear me. But you know what? If the Democrats started singing out about all of this nonsense, uh, well, it may be too late. Decades ago, back when uh, those of us in the blogosphere were singing out about it, then it might might have made a difference. Now, I don't know. Now we're fighting for our lives. But the way we fight for our lives is at the voting booth. And if we're not allowed to vote, then that fight is all but over. Quick break, and we're back with a few more minutes on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman.
Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Yeah. I know. Running late. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. That song is called uh, Miami 2017. Yes, it is. For Miami, some reason. By Billy Joel. D- uh, You'd written, have to go look it up to find d- out why. Yeah, written decades ago. But uh, for some reason, it uh, seems appropriate today. All right. As I said, I'm running late here. So uh, just some very quick uh, listener. I had a few uh, listener emails and tweets I wanted to get to. I think I'm only going to have time for this one from Emil Sorensen. Uh, he's a listener from Holland, one of our favorite uh, listeners uh, who, who uh, tweets back uh, concerning the show. Well, he, he tweeted a thread responding to a caller the other day on the show, a guy by the name of Carlos, who was uh, called in concerning DACA and Donald Trump's Uh, reversal of Obama's DACA program, which was meant to protect some 800,000 children who came here through no fault of their own with their parents who were undocumented immigrants. And Carlos called in. uh, He was kind of sneaky. Very deeply misinformed. Uh, You're being nice. But he was (laughs) kind of sneaky in that uh, he was, you know, he, he, he claimed to be an immigrant, whether he was or not. He claimed to be uh, a legal one, uh, and that uh, Donald Trump has solved the problem concerning DACA in just six months, which Barack Obama couldn't do. In fact, Donald Trump created a problem now that could result in some 800,000 people being deported uh, who, you know, are teachers and work in the military and are students, etc. In any event, Emil Sorensen. Sorenzo 4 tweets, these burn down the bridge after I cross it immigrants piss me off. People with privilege who get plucked out of other countries to submit to citizenship tests don't speak for anyone but their own selves. Fact, Emil writes, millions of people in America should have the same damn rights to be Americans as citizens do. If the system worked, they would. Why does this fool think people are living in the shadows in areas that would be depopulated without them? The system is broken. And why is the system broken? Because this fool's Republican friends would rather depopulate Arizona than let people named Carlos live free. As far as I'm concerned, says Emil, this guy can take his newly acquired white privilege and shove it up his blank. He's less American than the dreamers are. And this idea that people come to the U.S. specifically because the U.S. deports migrants. Is that what he said? Is that one of the things Carlos said? Uh, He may have made that claim. He said that's the dumbest argument in world history. Actual answer as to why they come to the U.S. It's a relatively safe trip that doesn't cost too much to take. The locals speak Spanish and employers don't ask questions. That from Sorenzo Four. Uh, Emil Sorensen uh, in uh, in Holland. Always good to hear from him and good to hear from you as well. If you'd like to uh, 
ring back uh, with any thoughts on uh, all that is going on. You can find, follow, and share us, and uh, comment on the Facebooks and the Twitters at the Brad Blog. You can drop me email. I'm Bradcast at bradblog.com. My thanks to our producer Desi Doyen, to my guest today Nicole Sandler. Good luck out there, Nicole. And uh, my thanks to all of you for tuning in, and especially those of you who stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to help us continue to do what we try to do every day over your public airwaves. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Happy birthday, Mom. Good luck, Florida. Good luck, world. <laughs>